This is CliffCentral.com. Welcome to Futurology, the show that studies the future and analyzes the current digital landscape, both here in South Africa and globally. Today we have an interesting show. You're with uh, Brett Lindsay, B2 here. B1, Brett Levy, is in Australia. So we decided that a show about connectivity would be a good idea. Hey, B1, how are you doing? Good in you, man. Cool, man. So the Skype connection just proves that connectivity is a real thing, and no matter whether you're in Oz or in Joburg, we're connected. But you guys still have the better rugby team, so... You, you haven't left us entirely, dude. You're just, you're just there in body. <laughs> you're yeah. right. And, I, and, you, and you're 100% right. My mind is still in South African time. <laughs> Actually, when I phoned you earlier and I asked you what the time was, you gave me my time. I'm so glad I phoned somebody in Oz <laughs> to tell me what time it was in South Africa. <laughs> but also, what, what time is it there at the moment? Uh, it's 11 o'clock. 11 nice. o'clock. So time barriers and time I zones think. and thousands of kilometers don't separate us from making futurology a thing. Cool, no, man. Definitely not. They can't keep us down. Excellent. So today, we decided that connectivity and travel would be a good one. Obviously, you're traveling and we're connected. So uh, we, um, I happened to be at the uh, a TomTom product launch this morning, and I found two very interesting people, and I decided to say, hey, guys, you fit the bill. Come into the studio. Let's have a chat. And uh, with us today, we've got in studio, we've got Sebastian uh, Rufino, uh, who is the vice president of sales for TomTom Global. How are you doing? Hey, hi. Great Thank to have you. you with us. Thank you. And hey, Sebastian. Hi, B1. And B1. <laughs> I briefed them. <laughs> and uh, we've also got Louis Debat. Debat? Debat. Debat. Yeah, it's the French power that you are here. Excellent, yeah. And Louis is actually, even uh, the accent might be confusing, but he's actually the product line manager for TomTom Africa. Exactly. Yeah, so we've everyone. got two perspectives here. Ah, good to have you guys. Excellent. So, B1, what have you got on your mind yes. at the moment? You've always got some fun, great app that you want to share with us. There we go. So today I've decided to call it Appy Traveling, okay? Uh, because as you've said, I'm here, I'm traveling. And rather than just doing one, um, one app for the week, I had a look at what I basically put into my, my digital toy box for today, or at least for this trip. And I thought, let's share it because, uh, it actually has come into a lot of favor and I think it will set us up quite nicely for the connectivity discussion. So the first little tool that I had was an exchange rate app. Um, I'm using XE from XE.com. And given what's happened in the country in the last few weeks with our currency, you can imagine the importance of, of ensuring that you've got a, sure. an up-to-date exchange rate at all times. Um, one thing I do need to point out is that what I've noticed here, I didn't really see that when I was traveling in the States, but if you use an international credit card, they actually charge you a fee. So I don't know if you guys have come across that at all. Sebastian, Louis, have you, when, when, you know, in South Africa, have you seen fees being added to your cards? Unfortunately, yes. I don't have yet my credit note, uh, my credit account, but I'm sure I will be hit by that. <laughs> okay, so it, it seems to work that way as well. Yeah. Um, so that, that is, it was my first, uh, my first. That's app. pretty cool. And that's the, pretty appropriate. Uh, I mean, we've got, uh, so, Everybody thinks of, and we're not going to do shameless TomTom Tom, Tom punts, but uh, I think the guys have got some amazing insights. And the, what, what TomTom Tom are actually working on doing is creating a device. And uh, one of the things we spoke about today was everybody's got this idea that great TomTom Tom and uh, getting from place to place is, is an important thing to, to talk about. And, uh, okay, but you've got to wait there a second because I've got more than one Have you got app. more than one thing? So but I'm, going to make you, well, yeah, that's I'm going to make you wait in suspension. Keep and, going uh, with your In apps, fact, I'm B1. pinching off about getting there. So... The next one in my in my bag of tricks was a flightboard app. In fact, mine's called Flightboard. Um, you also get airport transfer or airport another. 
Um, and I think Google does one as well. And if you're making connections, especially when you're landing in a foreign airport with multiple termini, this is an absolutely invaluable app to you because you need to know whether your current flight is on, or your, your connecting flight, sorry, is on time. And if so, then you need to run if need be. And I mean, it's the funniest thing. You know, a lot of the airports overseas, they don't have necessarily international and a domestic area like we do in South Africa. Once you go through the gate, you go through the gate and then it just depends whether you're flying internationally or not. So you've got these people just running up and down past you at full tilt. Um, the best is that uh, I'm traveling with my son at the moment and uh, we got to the travelators and of course, as young boys tend to do, he needs to go up the wrong side of the travelator nice. to race me. Yeah. Um, and you've got these really like panicked, freaked out people coming at the opposite direction in full tilt and there's this little oak trying to race against me on the other <laughs> side. So it makes for it makes for good entertainment. Did he win? I bet you he slept well that night. <laughs> I think he did, but I don't think the others were too impressed. The longest treadmill on the planet. <laughs> yeah, definitely one of those. Eh? <laughs> now, this is starting to move us more into the space, and I'm so glad that you found the guys from TomTom Tom because, I mean, we're unscripted, we're unplanned, and that's how it goes. And, I mean, this trip was the same way. But in the transport space, and this is something that we really, really don't get to experience back home, given the fact that our public transport is what it is. But using a public transport app, okay, to find out information on buses and trains. So in Sydney, um, mobility is pretty easy. If you can find out where you are and where you're going, mm. you can really, really plan your trip properly. Um, so I've, I downloaded the, the local bus app, which also links to the trains, and you use the same card to go on the bus and the trains. Yeah. Now, here's one which I want guys to pick up um, when we start talking about you know the new world of connectivity and, and, and mapping. But I use a product called Here, which is um, Nokia made it. Um, Microsoft bought it, and then Nokia now has it again because Microsoft got rid of Nokia. But when you... When you're going to roam or when you're going to go overseas where you're not going to use data, you don't want to use data, and that's something, Brett, you and I need to chat about as mm -hmm. well, which we will. Data um, yeah. You can actually download the maps, take them offline with you. Although you won't get all the benefits of updated traffic and things like that, which the two guys could probably explain a little bit more how that works because yeah. that's always something that, that freaks me out, how everyone seems to know what the traffic flows are and how they figure this out. So that's a question I'm going to ask you later. Yeah. So please bank that. But it is so important to be able to actually navigate. So I'm, I'm doing a little bit of business here for the first few days, and then, yes, I am doing a little bit of holiday. Um, going to Manly, to get right? I'm going to where? Going to Manly, right? The, no, the famous I'm beach not. of Sydney. Nope, I'm not. I'm not worried about the famous beaches. <laughs> I'm going to the Pacific Islands. Yeah, avoid the beaches. Stay in the middle. <laughs> There we go. <laughs> so here for me has been quite a um, quite an important feature to have when I, it came to planning um, where I was going and how I was going to go. And it also had embedded features like bus stops, um, train stations, etc. Mm. The other app that I have in my traveling app folder is um, booking.com. Now, you don't necessarily have to have that one, but I highly, highly recommend a good hotel app. You know, you might find yourself in a delay. If we look uh, a couple of weeks ago in, in the States, they had those um, those storms that basically shut the airports down on the East Coast. Yeah. So you're not planning to stay there, but you want to make sure that you're going to find a hotel that is either affordable 
or in the vicinity because you want to rent a car for a day or two, whatever it is. And maybe you want to even look at something like TripAdvisor, which um, has references yeah. that are based on consumer or custom experiences. And we all know the value of that. I mean, you get a bad re- you, you get a bad review. Um, you know, people aren't going to stay there. Yeah. Um, well, that's that's the, the awesome thing about being connected. I mean, you've got this. You've got access to the entire world's opinions to things, and sometimes that's good, and sometimes that's bad. But then with crowdsource, I mean, it, it, it lends that, that immediacy of customer satisfaction, customer expectation. And I use TripAdvisor. I don't know. Do you guys, when you're traveling, going on holiday? Well, not really uh, from my side. But th- th- you have been mentioning a couple of very interesting things, like, for example, DHX rate uh, application, bus application. This is all uh, about connecting things together. Yeah. And that's what we call the multimodality of things, is how you can bring – how can how can you use location based services to have a better journey? And that's all what is in our heart. Yeah. So everybody always thinks about being connected to each other. Um, so we don't always think about this idea of being connected to things, the Internet of Things. Or, yeah. And, exactly. Uh, yeah. How are you guys finding that? So yeah, the the good news, Brett, is the, all these apps that you've mentioned. Yeah. Uh, these are issues and topics that we are working on every day, right? So you were talking about public transport, which is obviously a, a big challenge in, in Africa. And there are actually some South African startups that are mapping these uh, public transport networks. Uh, startups such as Where's My Transport from Cape Town. Yes. Uh, also Go Metro has launched a free app recently yeah. where they're really trying to map even the informal taxi ranks yeah. uh, to help people uh, connect from one means of transportation to the other. Because today, I think it's the multimodal uh, that is the future is uh, taking a Uber ride maybe to the Hal train station, then then taking the Hal train, and then from the Hal train maybe take a bus. Yeah. So that's that's where you need connectivity. You need connectivity between these different means of transportation. Yeah. And you need data, and data well, is key. Yeah, there. That's well, the thing. That's that's what I was leading towards because you know, and I I know I speak for a lot of South Africans, even business business travelers, South Africans. The one thing we do when we go overseas is we turn off cellular data. Oh, I mean, yeah. we've no all had roaming. those shop bills. It's happened to everyone. Even when in Rome, even don't roam. <laughs> in Rome, don't roam, 100%. Yeah. So, you know, I've always had that mindset, but fortunately on this trip, and this is something, I mean, I'm actually going to save this to the end of what I wanted to get to now to talk about the cost and to show how we bring this whole internet of things and the, and the connectivity together. But the last two things I wanted to quickly add into into my little bag of tricks of traveling one was world time, and don't laugh. I mean, Brett, you just pulled that up right now yeah. when you asked me for my own time. And yes, you can get it on watches, and, and I mean, you can go to world time apps. But people don't actually realize how important world time is. And why. I'm actually going to give you a real example. So, for example, if you take a cruise, and if I'm not mistaken, B2, you did a cruise a few months ago. Yeah. You were in Barcelona. In mid, yeah, that's right. Okay, so I did a cruise a few years ago, and I'm about to do it again. And the one lesson that I learned was when you get on the ship, make it, you have make to it set ship your time. watch. To sh- you are, but you've got to make it to departure time. That's the thing I didn't realize. <laughs> so we moved. We did a Western Caribbean. We went forward by one hour. Mm. Uh, we were walking around the city in Cozumel, and I'm busy filming. You know, just picture the Japanese tourist syndrome where you've got your camera up, and you're <laughs> filming, and you're talking away going, and there's the clock, and there's the – and of we're course, Instagram I got Instagramming the latest hot dog you just slammed in your face or tequila. Yeah, but when I got – I got to where's the clock and it became oh the fuck because the clock said <laughs> one hour later than what my watch did because my watch had reset itself based on current time. Yeah. 
No, for sure. So we ran back to the ship, and my wife, God bless her, grabbed my son and the passports and went running through customs while I returned the car. It's like, don't worry about me. I've got no passport. <laughs> I've got no wallet. I've got nothing. I'm being so. I got a standing ovation from the ship running back to it. So I think Cosimo's got, got that habit, thing. though. Sorry to interrupt. I think, Cos- I think it's Cosimo's the problem because I was in Cosimo as well, but I wasn't uh, waylaid by uh, clocks or anything. I was just waylaid by Carlos and Charlie's in the yard of Margarita and tequilas. And uh, oh, there we go. I think there's, there's even a nap for that. You can always be in the right place, but if you're there at the wrong time, we can't help you at all. So I think we were talking about, uh, you mentioned about bus things. There's a public transport that you've got in Australia. And uh, one of the things that Sebastian mentioned this morning actually was the buses in France? Yeah, actually in France and in Germany, we, we are using a number of buses that are using our, our now our tools to be able to uh, create their own routes, our own tracks, and get information about the waypoints. And when you reach those waypoints, basically you can directly send a message to uh, the user, hey, the bus is going to be late five minutes. So it's about the real information at the real time. That's so cool. And, and it becomes important not to just be late, but also not to be too early. I think it's about providing the right information at the right time. I think yes. it's important to have uh, people like us that work on the big um, uh, database and making sure that everything is available, and then users that have the possibility to easily access to that information when they need. Mm. And actually, you know, users, what they want is to also be prompted some information. So I don't know if you're aware, but we are working in predictive traffic. So we are now at the stage with our traffic information. Where you can tell the future. We can tell the future. We can tell <laughs> how the, the, the traffic flow is going to evolve. And based on that, we can make some uh, anticipation or decision on your behalf to make sure that you will be getting on time. And that's about the big data and, and the management of the big data. Wow. I, have, uh, I have good news too. for you. Can you see that working in South Africa? In 300 meters, a taxi will cut you off. In 220 <laughs> well, no, meters, actually, you know, that's not a dream. That's going to happen. That's what we call car-to-car and car-to-infrastructure information. And actually, no, already we have... I was just joking around. Well, no, uh, that's, we have already a lot of proof points around that. Let me give you an example. We, we have one product that we have launched in um, uh, with a government program in, in the Netherlands. And our system is basically connected to the infrastructure. So imagine that you have roadworks. Because they are closing some lanes, this can cause traffic disruptions or incidents. And basically from the infrastructure, they send directly a message to uh, what we call a control room or a backend. And then from the backend to the device. So all the people that are on that highway will get prompt a message. Hey, start to go on your right because the lanes are closing and we don't want to generate traffic. The future is now, and it's yeah. really about how you are going to compile all that information into a real product or service. Yeah, and if I may add, right now. So let me ask you a question then. Sorry, if just. I can. Sorry to, to, to okay, cut Louis, you hold there. your thought. <laughs> uh, you see, we are fast. Huh? Hold it. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, th- th- there may be a time delay between uh, down under and here. What's up, Ray? Okay, now. Um, okay. So, oh, was I, am I holding or am I back? B1 hold. Louis, go. Okay, B1 Okay, yeah, just to uh, add to what Sebastian was saying is right now we're sending a message to people, mm. but tomorrow and even starting today, we're actually sending messages to cars. Mm. And now that we're moving into autonomous driving or highly assisted driving, the fact that your cars get these messages it means it can play in uh, switching lanes and, uh, and do all these kinds of very highly automated. That's really, really exciting. But last week we had the uh, discussion around the dark web and the really sneaky clandestine horrible things that can happen around that so as as exciting as it is i think there's there's a question around security and all that as well but we're going to get to that i'm sure in the show as well um b1 what was what were you thinking so so a few years ago maybe as 
seven, eight years ago, I remember driving in Atlanta, and Georgia, the state of Georgia, is quite advanced in traffic flow. Um, they used to have these signs. Now, remember, in America, your roads are seven, eight, nine lanes wide. So they used to have these signs that if you take this route, it's 22 minutes, but if you take that route, it's seven minutes. So obviously, all the cars start shifting to the right and taking that route. And then they adjust it again. Now, my understanding of that is they were using camera technology, um, and people were basically sitting in control rooms and, and uh, updating. Are you guys saying now that having onboard technology within cars will be able to give you, as in the TomTom system, this information so that you can automatically generate this algorithm and push that data to other connected devices? Is that is that where you... Well, I'm, Where are you I'm, going? I'm going to say you uh, something even worse than that. We, we, we are doing that since years. Uh, actually, our traffic information is generated by the aggregation of different probes or different information. So we take, uh, for example, information from the roadworks. We take information from our own device. And we basically aggregate all that. And basically, we have um, 10 times more coverage than what government can have. And we have... Uh, we can provide updates of a frequency of every minute. So we have the freshest information available uh, so that people can take the decision on the real time. And generally in the highway, it's not about cameras. It's more about uh, cell uh, systems, um, uh, magnetic buckles that they have on the road mm. uh, that takes the stuff. But the time that they aggregate that, if you take a normal governmental traffic information, for example, in France, it can be late 30 minutes. So yeah. it's really about having, again, the right accurate information at the right moment. And only a connected device can enable you to do that, actually. And how much of that is actually uh, from user input? Are, are, you, are, you doing, are we doing things where you've got an app on your phone or your devices, obviously, in a TomTom, -tom, they're, they're automatically saying, well, we've slowed down, we've detected the slowest yeah, speed. Yeah, actually, um, we, 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 it's very interesting because we were talking uh, just previously uh, mm. in, before entering this room about crowdsourcing. Yeah. Uh, there is a difference between um, analyzing the big data and having the crowdsourcing. So we take um, probes, well, basically information from the people that are driving, which are autonomous information mm. that we basically compare to historic data. So at a certain portion of road, and it could be a portion of 30 meters, for example, we are able to, t to say if uh, there is a device that just passed through that has an average speed that is lower than the average. And from that, we start to make some mm. algorithm and some calculation. So it's much more powerful because this is automatic and directly sent back to all the different devices. So all the information is shared on the real time. And for example, you know, when you were talking about the Atlanta case where you have people that are going seven minutes, uh, the seven minutes road, actually, if the traffic is growing, the minute after, we can tell to the people, hey, don't, don't go to that road because now there is uh, more people or uh, a trend, a pattern that, yeah. that will increase the traffic. Because as much as you're a part of the solution, you're actually a, you become a little bit of a part of the problem because if you're directing enough people into one specific quiet area, it, that quiet area then becomes the busy area. Well, actually, we are a kind of dispatcher because okay. we, we can also um, uh, tell to the people, yeah, okay, now that we see all those different vehicles on the road, it's now time to take a third route. Okay. And that occurs to me a lot of time. We were discussing about the bridge example in yeah. South Africa. Can you tell <clears throat> the, something about that, Louis? The bridge, you know, in the M3 or M, the, the, that, that collapsed. And, and yeah, so oh, um, yeah, you, you remember there down. was that bridge collapse on the M1 uh, yeah. a few months ago. And uh, so the TomTom, -tom, what we call the traffic fusion engine, so using all these probes that 
get back to us automatically. Uh, it closed the road on the TomToms uh, oh, in wow. less than two minutes. So in less than two minutes, every connected driver using one of our products uh, was instantly informed that the bridge had collapsed and was instantly rerouted around um, around the incident, yeah. right? Which means that they, they did yeah. not less, they did not waste too much time in traffic. And you weren't creating too much of a parking lot on the end. And the traffic and was actually diverted. But you know, actually on that, um, we're fighting climate change. There what? is a study that showed that if 5% of the drivers on the road use these types of uh, live traffic connected solutions and spread the traffic, as you say, we spread the traffic over several axes because yeah. if one is clogged, we're going to reroute you. Then you can reduce uh, carbon emissions by 15% if only 5% of your drivers are using these types of solutions. I'm not saying it has to be a TomTom one, but this type of solution. Well, that's fantastic. So save save the planet and save time, use save the, traffic. Save the planet. Yeah, yeah. Systems. I, I, it's funny, you know, we were having, uh, I was in, in, in an hotel in a large uh, nearby and we were taking the highway this morning and we were just looking at the cars and, and they were all uh, like one guy per car. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, with the traffic added, adding mm. congestion, <laughs> wonderful yeah. South Africa. Yeah. Uh, car pooling <laughs> and car sharing can really make a difference. And you start to see that, uh, well, in, in some certain cities like Paris, where it's really crowded, you have a number of car sharing solutions, even for yeah. uh, inside Paris or outside Paris in the complete territory or whatsoever. Yeah, the problem with that we is that it, that it just makes too I much mean, sense. I remember that a few years ago. <laughs> mm. Yeah, but also the technology has changed and evolved, yeah. and it's about how you, you know it's always the same thing with users, which is very close to the heart of TomTom. How how do you bring something that is easy to use? It's not only about having the right technology; it's about how you market that and how do you distribute that to exactly. different users. Because you can distribute the best idea on the planet, but if people actually don't accept it or th- if it's not accessible to them, it's yeah, or they, they, it's not friendly uh, to use. Yeah. You know, in the, the many uh, examples that uh, B2 was using, I think there's a, co- there's a common element there is location, right? So yeah. if you talk about credit card security, maybe you want to know where the transaction happens because if it happens in Nigeria and you're sitting in South Africa, then that's an issue, right? Uh, same thing about local time. We need to know where you are to give you the exact time. And, exactly. uh, and I mean, the, the product we launched this morning, we, uh, we had Johan from Foodsport going to Madagascar with Yeah, it. that was magnificent. And yeah. one of his key questions and the app we developed for him was, when is the sun going to set tonight? Because yeah. that's very important for him. He needs to know when to set camp, right? So we developed a small app based on his, on his GPS location. We give him the sunset and the sunrise time. Right, and that's on our, our, our new bridge platform that yeah. we launched this on morning. On top of the ex- exchange rate application. And we act, uh, actually, yeah, V2, yeah. he, he also used XC.com yes. uh, in Madagascar to, uh, to use the local money. And then you, you mentioned airports of, uh, the airports, right? And, yeah. and that's also something that we've been doing with indoor maps. And that's actually already live in South Africa. If you download the airports app of uh, South Africa, you're going to be using indoor maps and live traffic so that we're going to give you um, the route, the best route, the most of your right to get to the airport on time. And once you get to the airport, how do you get to your date? We're going to give you those indoor maps. So these technologies are already existing. Um, a lot of players in the industry are moving into this. TomTom is obviously a part of it. Excellent. B1, so, how you doing there, bro? Yes. Okay. So I, I'm so glad you brought that up about the indoor mapping yeah. because I've got a, I've got a double-barreled question here. If you take the fact that now everyone, and I mean, let's, let's be honest, most people are on connected devices, okay? TomTom, Garmin, all the other guys that are playing in this space obviously have to rethink their, their hardware side of their business and focus on their software. And, you know, the, the two guys have been sitting here talking about the apps and the controls and the real time and the internet of things. Mm. I remember a lot of deals in the past. I think, in fact, one was with Apple. You bought a, like a car charger. 
Um, and then you got the TomTom maps or Garmin maps or whatever it was free. So they did these bundled OEM type deals. Is that the strategy going forward? Is is the software and control aspect more where you and, and maybe some of your competitors are focusing? And number two, the indoor environment, because no one seems to have got that right. Well, I think what we can we can summarize by saying there is an opportunity for everything, and um, we we went a bit from uh, we have seen the trend from the consumer that um, navigation navigation need was changing, and that's exactly why we are bringing some new products that are also location based centric, like the sports watch, the action cam, or the bridge product that we have launched this morning. And uh, there is a, a billion opportunity. It's all about how do you bring the right information to the right people. Uh, and, and there is not a magic solution. You need to be able to satisfy every type of customer. And you have a multitude of customers that will, will, will be willing to have a different solution. So mm-hmm. I think what we are trying to provide is to work on our side on the core technology and make sure that this core technology is accessible on different areas. Yeah. Well, I think okay. we've got a – sorry, we want you know? – Yeah, so what I was going to say, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I get that, but you know, in a situation, and I and I'll be honest with you, I I like to use Google Maps because I get that real time information that you were talking about, not necessarily as drilled down and detailed of uh, crash avoidance, which is not fresher like as fresh as what we can provide because actually they don't uh, they don't compile the same way as we do. I have to confess though, I did actually send the TomTom guys a Google Map place to get yeah. here today. <laughs> I did not use it. <laughs> yeah, they did not use it. They found their way here by. <laughs> they can tell the future. It's like giving a Coke, giving a Coke uh, representative a can of Pepsi. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, but know, the, what I'm getting at though is that most people have that because it's just on the phone. Yeah. So is it? You know, does it make more sense that you've got all these millions and millions and millions of dollars invested into mapping and understanding mapping and, and the connectivity and rather partnering with all the handset devices that are out there? Like, I mean, like, let's look at BlackBerry, for example. They've now finally moved on to Android because they've realized that no one's buying their hardware and software combinations. But people are quite happy to buy their hardware because they like the keyboard or whatever it is, but they want an Android backend or vice versa. Are you at liberty to talk about what the future plans are for the physical GPS type device? I mean, I know you launched. It's funny that you say that because this morning we have just introduced an Android based device. So, uh, more open than it used to be because we were already working on Android. But uh, this morning we have basically introduced a product which is navigation uh, on an Android platform and interfacing with any type of uh, other application with SDKs and APIs so that you can really create your own experience. That's very exciting, that. And, and, and that's pretty interesting because what we see is that indeed there are partners that are creating their own product out of that. I just, I was launching 15th of January a specific, uh, evolution of that product for the campus where, uh, all the, 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 the camping car drivers were creating their own routes and sharing with their camper community. Uh, we were now uh, with Wetspore uh, having a kind of uh, four-wheel drives community. Yeah. We, you know, th- things are coming together. But when you are talking also about uh, Google and, and things like that, I think it, what we are trying to provide is also tools so that you can do also some pretty planning, post-trip planning, and, and that you don't have only an experience while you're driving, but also before and after. Excellent. Well, thanks, guys. You are listening to Futurology here on Cliff Central. If you'd like to send in a tweet, you can do that by following the at handle at cliffcentral.com and uh, just hashtag that with Futurology. That's Futurology. And, yeah, we are taking calls today, so if you'd like to give us a shout, you can uh, dial the number 
855-555-189. That's 0861-555-189. Guys, when we come back, we're going to be talking about cost of connectivity. Uh, it's one thing to be connected, but it's another thing to have to pay for it. So we're going to take a quick little sting break, and uh, we'll be back. This is Cliffs.com. It's hot in here. Hey guys, cool. So that was the quickest break I expected. It was a lot quicker than I thought. Hey, B1, are you still there? I was like, let's take a little break. And it was literally a little break. So that's what happens when right, you so can't afford your data. It has to be very, very quick. Uh, I thought you were talking about Sting the Singer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Quick little Sting. So that's the thing. Uh, B1, do you want to take us off on the cost? I mean, you, you've not traveled and you, you've, you've experienced the other side of the cost barrier. So yeah, what does I mean, it cost just, you? It blew my mind. Okay. So. Let's start off by looking at the ease of getting connected because I think that's something that's quite important as well. Um, I remember when I was in Spain early on last year for Mobile World Congress, um, we, in the airport they had all these little pop-up stands where you buy a, buy a SIM card um, and you apparently, I'm doing inverted commas, uh, connect, um, and then you find a day or two later you're still not connected. The card hasn't activated so you've spent 10 euros, um, you're still not connected, you're frustrated as all hell, uh, and there's not much you can do about it. Most people um, will also look more at the Wi-Fi side. They'll find Starbucks's or anywhere that's got a Wi-Fi zone, and then they'll use over-the-top services like WhatsApp and, and Viber and Skype and things like that. The experience here has been unbelievable uh, on two levels. One, the ease of connectivity. Um I went into, I think it was actually a shopping center, and all of the competitors were there, you know, the Vodacoms and Optus and Telstra and all the different brands. Um, and, and they have a call to action in the window that's very clear and very visible, like $2 a day or $5 or $50 or whatever. So you can see straight away what option you're getting without even having to speak to someone, which is nice because people are always busy. So I landed up going with... Um, the one brand that I that I chose, and the reason I went with them is they offered a two dollar. Now the Australian dollar is eleven and a half, roughly, to the rand. So it's we're talking twenty three rand a day. Okay, for twenty three rand a day, I get unlimited calls. I get unlimited texts. Now people say, well, you don't need texts. You've got WhatsApp, and that. you don't have WhatsApp and roaming. Yeah. So I get so the two things which are really a win. Well, that's pretty impressive. I can't believe that we're getting, we have to pay so much. And I think that, that must be a barrier to entry on a lot of new tech, especially here in South Africa and in Africa. It's just the cost of, inf- the, cost, the cost of infrastructure. There's more. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> 500 megs a day. A day? Yeah. yeah. A day. So half a gig and unlimited calls and unlimited SMS. Um, 23 I mean, rand. It's just, it's 23 rand. Okay. So how does Vodacom, Celsi, MTN, and Telcom get away with what they charge us back home? I mean, it's just absolutely insane. And you know, it's it's you can, now you can pick up a phone and phone someone. Yeah, you're not scared to. And now, you're not, you're not being rude to try and cut them off because you've got that lady saying one minute remaining. <laughs> no, that's the thing. But not only that, though, Brett. Think about the apps that I mentioned. Yeah. Think about what the guys are saying from TomTom and then and the connectivity and getting that overlay of traffic yeah. information. I'll give you an example. I needed to catch a bus from A to B. I went onto um, Google Maps. I, I selected the little bus icon because I didn't have a TomTom because the guys hadn't delivered you and me one. And um, <laughs> Not yet, anyway. I basically planned my route 
and I push the bus. It shows you the names of the bus that you, you need to look out for. It shows you what time they're coming. It shows you how many stops you're going to go through. Yeah. And if you have to change buses, the distance from bus stop A to bus stop B, whether you choose to walk or whatever it is you want to do. Yeah. Now, you can't do that without data. No. So now that you have data, you, you know, you're not feeling the experience of your holiday or your business trip is enhanced, enhanced like yeah. a hundredfold. But do you not um, find that that's – I mean we mentioned uh, earlier about uh, hyperconnectivity, just you and I I think on the sideline chat. We're uh, – this, this idea of hyperconnectivity, everybody's connected. You're, you expect connectivity all the time. So you, we've started placing very little value in it. So we, we're not actually – we just expect it to always be there. And if that becomes a sort of lifestyle, like to some extent I'm quite – chuffed that we can see the other side of it we can appreciate it so much more when we do travel um but because we're always connected and we have this expectation how do we how is that managed from a device perspective from a, a talk perspective i don't know if i've got a question here but does anybody want to weigh in the topic <laughs> I, i'm not sure i got the question yeah but talking about connectivity i just wanted also to share one of my experience uh, talking yeah. about sydney uh, i had the pleasure to go to the manly beach yes and 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 basically all the uh, it's 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 called the the surf city and basically everything is connected by wifi and it's free wifi yes, so i saw that just just arrive you make a picture of the beach and you share that with your friends that's yeah. what i've done so connectivity is indeed uh, everywhere but you you have still some quality issues in the connectivity mm. i mean uh, when i arrived uh, in uh, in south africa i was just trying indeed to uh, to connect and I've seen a 50 euros charge for two minutes or 100 euros charge for 10 minutes on Vodacom. Like, I don't want to buy the entire business or shares in it. <laughs> so I just want some I time. said, well, you know what? I will wait to be in the hotel. And when yeah. I arrived to the hotel, I just got connected and started to download my yeah. emails. And I, I think you can still, you know, we are also learning and, and connectivity is a big thing that is growing, but people are also still in the learning phase. Um, so maybe when you have a, a connectivity area, you download all your information and then you work on the go or you have to do uh, what you do offline. And as soon as you get back to a connection, then you put back the, uh, all the information live. Cool. Louis got, uh, yeah, I, I think we, we have this fantasy of, uh, connectivity everywhere, which, yeah. which I think is, I mean, has great hopes. I mean, we all dream of that, that you just land on a, in an airport and be immediately connected. But then we also need to be realistic about Africa. I mean, last weekend I was driving in Limpopo and there, forget 4G, forget 3G, forget <laughs> 2G, you get you're, edge. You're on edge. And it's not just your phone that's on edge. You're yeah, on edge you as actually well. got edge. Yeah, I, I got edge. I was lucky. But, uh, and there be one, <laughs> you were mentioning Google Maps and saying that it, it's more than enough for what you're doing. But when you're in Limpopo, forget no. Google Maps, right? Yeah. So, yeah. For us travelers, yeah, it's not that bad. But if you're running an ambulance services in Limpopo or in the Western Cape, you need to have solutions that work offline, right? Yeah. And, and that's where at TomTom we believe yeah. in, in what we call onboard maps. So meaning the maps are on board your devices. You don't need to be connected to use them. Um, well, you will get more value uh, if you're connected, of course. Of course but yeah. but Enhanced. It, it happens that you're offline, it will work anyway, right? So we, we also need to be realistic about Africa and then what types of services we, uh, we offer to the broad population. So, uh, you travel, I mean, Africa is probably not, it's, we're getting more and more connected in Africa as you travel a lot. But in Europe, the, the costs, I mean, what are they, what are they like when you're traveling everywhere in Europe? You've got maps for everywhere. It's, it's very well mapped. Well, 
you, yeah, we, we have maps cost. for everywhere, but the, about the connectivity cost, it's still yeah. very expensive. I mean, uh, you have some people that have been, uh, you know, that were looking at videos on roaming that were not popped up with the right messages. And, and then from sudden, at the end of the month, you have 1,000 bill. 1,000 euros. So, so you guys do get nailed by the roaming costs yes, as well? Yes, of course. Well, we are not in the US. And so in Europe, uh, it's, there are still a lot of roaming. And if you're not on the right operator, so that's why now they have an obligation to prompt some messages yeah. about what's the status. Uh, but most of the people are indeed taking out the roaming uh, stuff. So that's why you need to have all the right information at the right time and maybe prepare your trip before you go there and have everything on your device, we prefer that it's on a TomTom -tom device that rather than a smartphone, yeah. because actually the convergence in the car has not yet uh, is not there. Actually, people are are more using uh, still their navigation device uh, rather than the smartphone when they are driving. And even in certain countries now, they are prohibiting smartphones when you're driving, which yeah. I think is is the right thing because when when you're driving or when you're traveling. You probably need to be also uh, um, um, looking at what's going around. Exactly, not being distracted. But coming let, back, to, sorry, let me weigh in over there yeah, as yeah. well, if I can quickly, Louis. And, and uh, I, I've been led to believe that in Europe they've been talking about like a Vodacom passport or a, an EU passport with regards to connectivity. Insofar as you don't roam inverted commas if you leave like France and go to Spain you get your local rate. Is that something that's actually happening? Yeah. Because all this technology that you're talking about and the, the availability of information, and even if it's not just navigation, okay, we need to be a connected society. I mean, Brett and I talk all day long via some over-the-top service. We share pictures. We Our entire worlds revolve around the fact that we have some form of connectivity. And it can't be it can't be stifled if one of us decides to travel, I mean, look now, I'm sitting, uh, what, 10, 12,000 kilometers away, nine hours ahead of time. Um, and, you know, we still connected. We've yeah. made a plan to, to yeah. make it happen with very minimum, minimum effort. But coming to the flip side then of that hyper, hyper connectivity is that we, we come to expect it so readily because it's pretty much always there. Or if it's not there, you can wait a little while, find, look for it and you'll find something. Uh, what happens when it all goes away? Yeah, like you, we you become get frustrated so like hell. I mean, when I don't get a proper internet connection, I'm just uh, with the willingness to throw my phone out of the window. Yeah. Do you think <laughs> humanity will come to a grinding halt though? If like all connectivity, say one big solar flare one day, psh, well, and connectivity cheers. Uh, let me give you an example. In France, we have the CNIL, which is the privacy and consent flow type of organization that yeah. is uh, really trying to look at the privacy. Similar to your puppy. Uh, yeah. Puppy yeah. Oh, yeah, we so, spoke about that last week briefly. Uh, I think. Um, you know, we, we are a generation still learning a, a lot about connectivity and mm. how to put things into motion. But from my side, I'm always connected. And, and that's starting to be a downside because when on Sundays when I'm uh, with my family, I look rapidly at my emails or uh, if I'm uh, somewhere else or whatsoever, I'm always connected. So yeah. you, you, bec you can became, become a kind of slave to the technology. Yeah. And I think that will be evolving over time. And, mm. and I'm sure that there will be some mechanism that will be uh, put in place so that there, there, there will be some um, evolution between uh, the private life and the professional life and as well the connected life. Yeah. No, for sure. Uh, we, we're getting to the skinny end of the show now and uh, we'd like to just focus the, the last little thoughts on futurology, the study of the future. Where Where is it going? Are we going to get so much, so connected that we never need to leave, to leave home? Is VR going to take over our lives to that extent? Where, I think connectivity think? is going to uh, be everywhere. We have some um, information that about 10 billion 
a device will be connected by 2019 in the enterprise business. But I think there will be also a different type of connectivity. You will have the, 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 the consumer connectivity. You will have the B2B connectivity. And when I mean that's us, Brett, you and me connected. B2B, B1 B2. to B2, <laughs> to be true. No, I think, I, you know, honestly, honestly, I think we have still a lot to learn. Uh, the world is going everything about efficiency yeah. and, and bringing yeah. uh, return on investments and, and being efficient, total cost of ownership. So uh, connectivity also coming to the business and, and, and we see a big evolution there and we yeah. think we can play a big role um, in providing the right technology at the right moment. Yeah, and, and I think uh, on the virtual reality thing, what we see is that people tend to travel more, actually. Despite the connectivity and the Internet, they still move. They want to move more. They want to travel more. Travel has expanded. Yeah. Uh, but they want to travel smarter as well. They and, more, and in Africa perspective? Sorry, in an Africa perspective? In so an Africa Africa perspective, I think the uh, the, ex- the trade on the continent has never been that high. People travel m- way more than before. It's, yeah. it's easier now to drive to... Uh, uh, Victoria Falls with your with your GPS device than it was ten years ago. But in the future, you can probably travel better. Yeah. yeah. So the the key is about traveling smarter, traveling s- faster and safer. Cheaper, right? And cheaper. Well, all, these are all great words. I'm really uh, thank you so much, guys, for being part of the show today. Thank you. Uh, we covered a lot of stuff and. Um, yeah, I think from Sebastian, from TomTom overseas, good luck. You, you're traveling soon. You're going home uh, a Thursday. On Thursday. Well, yeah. enjoy South Africa where you're here. It's going to get a bit colder when you get back home. Yeah, four degrees, unfortunately. Oh, well. <laughs> we'll be thanking you for I'm sure. And uh, Louis, thank you very much for your time. We hope to meet up with you again sometime while you're in Africa and we can catch up about what's, what's happening. And uh, be one. Right, thanks for coming on the show. Enjoy it's, your holiday. Uh, it was thank very you. enlightening. And uh, as always, keep your screens clean and your knobs shiny. <laughs> We're out. Cheers. Download the Cliff Central app. Available Thank now on the Apple App Store and Google Play Store. This is CliffCentral.com.